Good morning, good morning, and welcome to The Fruitful Life with Andrea Thompson. This is my second podcast, hallelujah. The first one wasn't even supposed to be a podcast in all in, in all fairness. Um, it was just a practice round, but because some good stuff came out of me, the Lord said, go ahead and post it, and so I did. So y'all got a very rough cut of what I'll be doing here. I will say that as the, the podcast grows, as I grow through this, hallelujah, um, it will get more and more professional. But right now, I'm not so much worried about that. I really just want to get on here and teach the word of God because that is the gift that God gave me and I want to steward it well. What's beautiful about having a podcast is that more people get to hear me uh, than were getting to hear me when I was uh, teaching the word in uh, the women's ministry for my church. Um and so a lot of it's so funny, a lot of husbands of the the wives that I would be teaching uh, would be with an earshot of me. And they would they would come up to me and say how they had been blessed by my teaching just from being an earshot. And I was like, wow, people were saying that their you know households were being blessed. People were recognizing my voice. They were like, I know that voice. And so God was like, it's it's time. Um, more people need your, need to hear your voice. And that, of course, is not about me in the least, y'all, for what do we have that we have not been given? Hallelujah. My gifting comes from the Lord. But for anybody that may be listening that doesn't know me, again, my name is Andrea Thompson. Uh, you're going to hear my kid in the background. That's how unprofessional this is going to be at the moment. But <laughs> hallelujah, the word of the Lord is going to go forth. And so, um, <clears throat> but my name is Andrea Thompson, and I am a lover of the word of God. I think it's very, very important. Um, it's a huge piece of our Christian walk. And unfortunately, much of the church today does not even pop open their Bible. Um, many churches don't really talk about how important it is to read your Bible, um, to study your Bible, uh, to go from reading to studying, to reverence the word of God. And so I really do hope that as you listen to, to more podcasts of mine, more teachings of mine, that you will absolutely become a person who loves and reverences the word of God, because the Bible says that eternal life is to know him. And so one of the things that you will get from me, uh, from my heart, as you sit under my teaching, is that all of the things are good, the signs and wonders and the, you know, ministry and all these things, but they are only a mere outflow of knowing him of intimately knowing him. And so I just want to remind people of the scriptures that say, depart from me, I never knew you. Not for us to be scared that Jesus is going to say that to us one day, but to understand that the whole purpose of what he did was so that he could be in direct fellowship, intimate relationship with his bride, with the church. Hallelujah. And so if you are doing all the things, the, the, signs and wonders, healings, deliverance, sharing the gospel, all the things, but yet you know him not, you're missing it. You're totally missing it. And so I say that uh, from the deepest well of my heart, that to know him is, is the goal. And so hallelujah, what God put on my heart this morning was in James. Um, <clears throat> I guess it's really just about the word um, the word of God, we really, really do need to understand the word of God. It is not possible to walk this walk or to endure to the end without it. It really isn't. I mean, it's, it's called a weapon in Ephesians. It's called the sword of the spirit for a reason. 
Um, it's definitely the the firm foundation in which we stand upon. If you remember in the Gospels, I believe it's in the book of Matthew, Jesus himself gave a parable talking about how you build something. He talked about its foundations and what it was built upon. And he said, if your house is built on sinking sand, when the storm comes, right, it's going to completely fall apart. But the one that is built on the rock, and he used that as the wise versus the unwise. And the wise had to do with those who do the will of the father. Part of the will of the father is to believe on him whom he sent, which is Jesus Christ. And part of that belief, a true saving faith, is to know the word of God, to take him at his word. So this morning I'm in James 1, starting in verse 21, where it says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, And receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, I love that it used the word implanted because a lot of the times in scripture, the word is spoken of as a seed. The reason being is because when it gets inside of our hearts, um, it is able to take root prayerfully and then it grows. And it is how we bear fruit. The parable of the sower is a perfect parable about this, where it's showing you different heart soils. It's showing you the things that will cause the word not to fully go into where it would be rooted, because until it's rooted, it cannot then grow up to bear any kind of fruit. So the parable of the sower is a perfect place for you to understand this. But the word is incorruptible and it has to be planted inside of our hearts. It has to take root and then it has to grow. So it's important for you to understand what are the things that would cause that not to happen. Okay, so verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. How much of the church today can we say are deceived in and of themselves because they are only hearers of the word and not doers? You cannot really be a doer of the word if you don't read it, if you are not studying it, right? And so it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. That's a really good symbolic way of showing what it's like to only be a hearer. Verse 29, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. So that's number one, who looks into, because they, they likened it to a mirror here. He looks into the perfect law of liberty. That to me looks into is, is, is a long look. It's not just a look and walk away. It is a long look. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror and actually studying details of your face. Right. And so it's the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. That's number two. So it's not a situation where it's a one and done. It is a continuing in the word of God. And then number three and is and is not a forgetful hearer. Again, walking away and forgetting but a doer of the work. And this one will be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. I want to remind you that Jesus was the word made flesh. In Ephesians, it actually talks about a husband and a wife. Most people know those passages for if you're married. Um, But what I found really beautiful that I've learned recently is Paul was actually talking about, and he says it, if you pay attention, he says, I'm speaking of Christ and the church. 
And so we got to remember that the church is the bride of Christ. And part of the design of God is that the husband washes the wife, cleanses and purifies the wife with the washing of the water of the word. So the word is likened unto water that cleanses and purifies even to the innermost being. So again, this is why it says that you, if you are a hearer only, you are deceiving yourself because how are you going to be purified and cleansed to the innermost being if you do not take time in the word of God? I'm going to give you another example that goes right along with that. In the Gospels, when Jesus bent down, girded his waist and went to wash the disciples feet, Peter immediately was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you're not going to wash my feet. And that makes sense. I probably would say that, too. But Jesus said, if you don't allow me to wash you, you have no part in me. So, again, it is the word. It is the word that is going to stand at the judgment because he said, I don't even need to judge you. The word that I say, because it comes from the father, will judge you. So the word is serious, y'all. Now, the second part that I want to go over and then we'll be done for the day. Hallelujah. Is the faith without works is dead. If you if you go on over to James two, starting in verse 14. I used to be very confused by this. Now, maybe some of you listening already know the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And this is just giving you a refresher. But many, many people more than you can imagine don't really know the word of God, have not gotten to a place where they are hungry for it, where they or they're hungry for it and they struggle to not be defeated uh, or disappointed or whatever and just walk away. I really struggled with the concept of faith without works is dead when I first got into the word and I had no understanding. The reason being is because I knew that we were saved by faith and faith alone. Works does not save us. Um, that is why any religion like Catholicism and all these kind of things that are worked works based are missing it. They're completely missing it because we are saved by faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us. So then I remember saying to myself, Lord, I'm confused by this. It seems like you're contradicting yourself and you'll find many places in scripture where you feel like God is contradicting himself, but we know that he's not because we know his character. And so I allowed myself to wrestle with the word of God. And I would really encourage anyone listening that if you're struggling with understanding any piece of it or all of it, that you would allow yourself to experience the tension of wrestling with the word of God. It is actually what got me to the place that I am in now, because many a times I found what seemed like a contradiction, contradiction, excuse me. And instead of walking away from it or getting frustrated or moving on from it, I wrestled with it until I figured it out through the Holy Spirit. But so faith without works is dead. So it says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. 
Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. This goes back to the example of being not just being a hearer only, but being a doer. Now, here's the concept that I want to explain to you. This was very confusing to me at first because he said, was was Abraham not justified by his works? We have to understand the play on words here. He is not at all saying that Abraham was actually justified in his works alone. That's not possible because in another place in scripture, it says no one will be justified by their works. The justification that we have received, which is right standing with the Lord, is in what Christ did and in our faith in what Christ did. But what we have to understand is in the design of God, when you have a true saving faith, you have a true faith in the fullness of the work that was completed at the cross which is why we have to study the word and fully understand what Christ did at the cross what he did leading up to the cross what he did after in his resurrection what does all of that fully mean we have to understand that because a true saving faith which is what God intended to be a, a turning to Christ to be okay there's a lot that 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 comes along with the turning to Christ that we don't fully understand because it's been done half-heartedly in the church for so long. But a true saving faith will always have an outflow of works. So it's not saying that we're justified by the works, but what it's saying is the proof thereof of the salvation, the proof of your faith being put in Jesus Christ and him becoming Lord and Savior of your life. The proof that you are standing in the correct, on the correct ground, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, is that you will absolutely have works that follow. It's the same thing as being a hearer only versus a doer. If you are a hearer only, you have deceived yourself into believing that you are standing on a ground of justification, standing in a saving faith. That makes no sense. Because again, if you have a saving faith and you actually read the word of God, you will realize that part of a saving faith is that you are built upon the right foundation, that you are washed in the water of the word, that you have completely turned your life around and given it to Christ, been separate and so on and so forth. You will bear fruit going back to the scripture that this entire podcast is based off of, which is John 15, 16, which says that he chose us. We did not choose him and he appointed us to bear fruit and that fruit remain. That is a purpose. Something we were saved unto is to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. So please, y'all, if you yourself or anyone, you know, anyone listening to this that has missed it, completely missed the mark because maybe you didn't know any better because maybe you've never heard anyone talk like this, whatever it is, get right. 
get it right. Jesus is coming back very, very soon. And we have got to get right with the Lord. We have got to come into the truth and the truth will set us free. We have got to come to understand what Jesus Christ has done for us. Hallelujah. Belief is not the only thing because a true belief, y'all, will have an outflow of works. Because it says, you believe that there is one God. Most people that consider themselves Christians would say, yes, I believe. It says, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Demons believe that he's the one true God. Demons believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you see demons, though, regenerate? Do you see demons changing their lives, making Jesus Lord and Savior of their life? No, no. So belief is not the end game, y'all. True belief has an outflow of works. True belief has an outflow of a life laid down. The other piece that I want to say, which is, I guess, in the same concept, but just because it's coming to me and I'm flowing here, is that another place where I really struggled when I began to read the word of God was when I started to realize what discipleship really was. <clears throat> becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Everywhere that Jesus talked about following him, he talked about a really harsh line being drawn. He talked about losing your life to gain it. He talked about picking up a cross. I mean, he talked about all of these things that was like, whoa. So I remember literally asking myself, God, was becoming a follower always a part of the design, always a part of the plan? Because it seems like being a follower, a disciple of Jesus is a whole different ball game. And I believe, I believe wholeheartedly that becoming a follower is a part of the maturity. So the Christian walk requires maturing, just like from the time you're a baby, you grow up. That's the design of God for us. Yeah, we come out of the womb as a little bitty baby, but we don't stay a baby. We keep on growing until the day we die. It's the same concept of the Christian walk. We are to keep growing. We are to keep maturing in the things of God over time. And no, you don't come right out of the womb being a baby Christian and going into being a follower of Jesus Christ always. But as you learn his ways, as you sit diligently seek him through the word, as you worship, as you get into a community of believers, because the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together. As you begin to do all these pieces, and you start to grow up in those things, you then become a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, which means that you lay down your life. You say that whatever plans I had, <clears throat> whatever I thought that I was going to do, I put it on the altar, Lord. And I say, you have your way. I want to be a vessel fit for every good work that you have planned for me before the foundation of the world. And your life becomes about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That is the point, y'all. And that is a huge piece that the, the church is missing. We've never died to ourselves. We've never died to the things that we wanted. And this is a problem because Jesus said, to forsake everything. He said, you cannot be my disciple unless you forsake all. Now that's going to look different for each one of us. Not every single one of us is God saying, 
drop everything, sell everything and go move to Africa, you know, for missions. For some people, that is it. For other people, he's going to ask you to do particular things. This isn't cookie cutter per se, but it is cookie cutter in the aspect that God is asking each one of us to die to ourselves, to pick up our cross and to follow him. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that the lamb would receive the reward of his suffering. Hallelujah. And I pray for every person listening to this, that this is stirring something up in you to live your life unto the glory of God. Praise, honor, and glory to God and for the kingdom because you carry something. You carry something specific that God wants to use for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I pray that you were blessed by this today. I'm going to stop there. I really, really do. I, I pray that something is stirred up in you. I pray that you gain an understanding that maybe you didn't have before and you just be on fire for the things of God because we need you. God is building an army right now, a remnant of people that he needs to bring in this end time harvest before Jesus returns for his bride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that this word does not fall on dull hearts or deaf ears, God. I pray, Lord, that just like the mysteries of the kingdom, God, that this word is received fully, that it is implanted in people's hearts, that it takes root and bears fruit in their lives, God. I pray, Lord, that people would have an insatiable hunger for knowing you, that they would realize that Jesus is the fountain of living water and the bread of life. And that if we are not drinking from him and eating of him, God, that we are completely spiritually malnourished, Lord. May we not forsake the things of God to turn to anything of this world that really will not satisfy us in the end. God, I pray that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. That our saving faith, God, would have an outflow of works, but that we would always keep first things first. That we would always have in our hearts that the one thing God would that be that we would dwell in the house of the Lord forever, as David said. And so, Father, I pray that you would make your countenance to shine upon each and every person listening to this today, God. And I bless each one, Lord. And above all else, we bless your holy name. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining me today. I so, so appreciate it. Please share this podcast with anyone and everyone uh, that you can think of. I'm sure that it will bless people. I know it will bless me for it to have the word of the Lord go forth. Um, and I, I do have a Facebook page now. Bear with me, y'all. I'm slowly but surely doing the things that God has asked me to do. But I do have a Facebook page also under the Fruitful Life that you can follow. I'm going to actually be going live from it to do actual teachings. Um, and as I begin to build curriculum and things from my teachings, all of that will be accessed on that page. So definitely follow that as well. And I pray that y'all have a blessed day. Thanks for joining me.